0: The Arkansas Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly podcast is powered by Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop and Jonesboro and CrumbleCookies.com. You're listening to Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and
1: Kelly. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry.
2: Good morning, Brandon Baxter.
1: So here we are. Today is Wednesday. It is April the 5th of 2023. Today is... National Deep Dish Pizza Day. Yum. Of all things I need to hear, it's uh, food day. Yeah. Because I'm sitting here thinking I need to do a little bit better with my diet. And then I think about pizza. I know. Come on now. Hey, coming up on the show this morning, we're going to be watching the weather as we go throughout the morning because we've already seen uh, some strong to severe storms, uh, even the chance of maybe some rotation in central Arkansas. So we're going to watch that as we go throughout the day. The whole weather thing that we were uh, kind of prepped for overnight was delayed. It kind of stalled out. So we're going to watch the weather and keep you up to date. There is a tornado watch in effect right now as you wake up this morning. Hey, speaking of uh, tornadoes, we've all seen the damage and destruction in Wynn. Mm -hmm. Coming up later on this morning, we're going to have the mayor of Wynn, Jennifer Hobbs, on with us. Yeah, Uh, She knows exactly what that city's going Mm -hmm. through, what that city needs. So we're going to chat with her coming up. There's also a Northeast Arkansas Humane Society bake sale coming up. Mm -hmm. So this makes me hungry as well. Uh Uh, We have our buddy Jason Olson from the Jonesboro Fire Department coming up later on this morning. Uh, They're doing fill the boots for MDA. We're going to talk about that. Michael Weavers of FOA, Jones is on the show, of course, Doctor Feelgood himself, <laughs> Doctor Shane Spites, Doc Talk coming up, and Doctor Kevin Reed from Vet Care with some Wet Nose Wednesday. You ready for Sounds it? Sounds good. You ready for a show? Let's go. Let's do this. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So Easter's coming up on Sunday, mm-hmm. and you know how so many people do Easter egg hunts, and we did one of these years and years ago, like probably fifteen years ago at the radio yeah. station. And it was a big deal. Tons of people showed up. And we didn't really anticipate that there could be drama at an Easter egg hunt. Hmm. So uh, in Ohio, and this is what made me think about that story, is there's a place called Beaver Creek, Ohio. It's right side of uh, right outside of Dayton. And they were doing this big uh, Easter egg hunt at the mall. And they were going to have different divisions, one and two-year-olds. They're going to have a different division for other people, three and four-year-olds and so on. And basically, they told the adults, leave this to the kids. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't touch the eggs. Well, they uh, go ahead and blow the whistle or say, ready, set, go, or whatever they did. And all of a sudden, everyone leaves at once. Of course they do. All ages leave at once. Mm. And it ends up where, you know, people are worried that their kid's not going to get enough of the eggs, even though there were 2,000 eggs that were hidden. So parents begin to shove other parents So their kids can go and get to the eggs. Come on now. So it ends up being a little bit of a shoving fight in front of all these kids in the mall. The mall's trying to do something pretty good. Now the mall says that the parents were the ones whose behavior was unacceptable. I tell them to release the footage. Well, I mean, that's embarrassing.
2: I know they need to be embarrassed for that kind of behavior.
1: Uh, So it's one of those deals where they're trying to do good and the drama happens. And this is somewhat kind of similar to what happened when we did our Easter egg hunt. Now, there wasn't like parents going at each other, but the kids went every which direction.
2: I wonder if there's like a like a golden egg where they tease like a hundred dollar bill or something. And that's what made it a little bit more. uh, I don't know. Life or death trying to do that stuff?
1: And maybe that's what it was. I think there were some prizes. I'm not sure if it was exactly 100 bucks or what. But uh, unacceptable is what the people Gosh. at the mall say the whole situation was. Uh, they've had to apologize to the parents who didn't misbehave because now they're out there trying to do something cool for right. their kids and people are just freaking out. Mm-hmm. And this is the same reason I would be scared of Easter egg hunts as a kid because I didn't want to get bullied at the Easter egg hunts. This is the same reason I was scared to go to concerts when I was young, because I thought every concert had a mosh pit. I didn't care if it was Neil Diamond or Rod Stewart. I was afraid if you got up close, you were going to get trampled.
2: You thought they were going to make you crowd surf no matter what.
1: I wasn't going to be a part of that. But parents, man, be on your best behavior at these Easter egg hunts.
0: Brandon, Baxter in the morning.
1: All right. Good morning, Arkansas. It's time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's Morning Show.
2: High five! High five!
1: Hey, a big high five goes out today to the Valley View Future Farmers of America. They did something really cool over the last couple of days. They did a community fund drive, a relief drive, for the people, the citizens of Wynn. Mm. We've all seen the images from Wynn. Uh, So the students and the teachers and uh, the parents, they all collected items on Monday, and then the Valley View FFA traveled down to Wynn yesterday to deliver those goods. They were also there to help clean up yards and mm-hmm. work in the city, which I thought was really it's cool. Awesome, y'all. So basically they say that, you know, when you work in FFA, when you are in FFA, you become friends with people in different schools and they know that those kids have been affected yeah. by the storms. And if that were to have happened to the Valley View School, they're sure that people would come mm-hmm. and help them. So Valley View wanted to go out of their way to help out as well. Which I think is a great yeah. thing for young people to learn. Mm-hmm. So here's to you, Valley View FFA. It's an Arkansas morning show. High five. High five. And today's high five is powered by Wright Fiber from Ritter Communications. It's the right speed at the right price right now. And you can check the availability in your area when you go to rightfiber.com.
0: Brandon Baxter in the morning.
1: All right, doing a big on a Wednesday morning. It is April the 5th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you.
2: Good morning, Arkansas.
0: This is country music news on Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly.
1: So we have country music news today on really overall the country community in Nashville and how they like to rally around their city. Uh, we all know what happened at the Covenant School in Nashville. Uh, just a horrible, a horrible thing that anybody had to go through. So the country community is wanting to help out. And they put together a fundraiser concert that happens uh, one week from today at Belmont University. They're calling it a night of joy celebrating the Covenant School. And all of the money raised that evening will go directly to that school, which I think is a great thing. Let me tell you some of the stars who have already committed. And this is pretty much like a who's who list of country stars. Carrie Underwood is going to be there. Thomas Rhett is going to to be there to support them as well. Lady A is going to be playing the show. Tyler Hubbard is committed as well. God
3: makes five foot nine brown eyes and, a
1: and sixpence, none the richer. Wow. I think that's kind of cool, right? Tickets go on sale later on this morning. If you want to find out more, go to Instagram and search the Fisher Center, and you can find out more about those tickets. But again, the concert is next Wednesday.
2: We have country music news today on Luke Combs. Let's
3: get some candy. Here's something
2: you may not know. Luke Combs doesn't charge for his meet and greets. So, in fact, he once turned down a banker who offered him $5,000 for a meet and greet. And in a recent interview with Billboard, this is what Luke says. Quote, I've always felt really weird about charging people to meet me. I want to meet people who would never get the chance to meet me or could never afford it because I couldn't have afforded it growing up. Luke Combs goes on to say, I've never made any decisions based off how much money I can get out of fans. I want them to love the music and feel like they saw a great show that someone put a lot of thought into and did it at a price that was affordable. That's awesome. So I think that that uh, Luke's take on meet and greets is is kind of a cool, different way to look at it. I can see more country music stars kind of following in his footsteps.
1: Yeah. And I just want to let you know this. I would agree with that. But $5,000 is kind of a game changer for me. So <laughs> yeah. if anybody would like to meet me for $5,000, oh, I will arrange that.
2: You know what? My DMs are already
1: flooding I, with people. I'm about to arrange <laughs> it. That'll pay for my tattoos. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we have country music news today on Shania Twain. Who's
3: been, have your boots been
1: who's so Shania Twain seems to have made a friend at the CMT Music Awards on Sunday, and that <laughs> friend is Megan the Stallion. Hey. So uh, Megan had the chance to introduce Shania at the awards show, and I guess afterwards they kind of connected. And now Shania is going back and telling her people that she would love to do a collaboration with Megan Thee Stallion.
3: Wow. Can you imagine
1: what that would sound (laughs) like? A little Shania and a little Stout. I mean, Shania's a savage. Sign me up for that. That sounds fun. (laughs) What's happening?
2: I'm a savage.
1: I just want to hear Shania cover that song. Okay. And see what that might sound like. (laughs) But that's your country music news on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly.
0: She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. It's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Arkansas's Morning Show.
2: Did you know when the original Nintendo was released in America in 1985, it was only sold in New York City as a test market, and it failed miserably. Nintendo gave it a second test run a few months later in Los Angeles, and it did a lot better.
1: Oh, wow. So we almost might not have had the Nintendo as big of a hit as it was. That's a game changer, man.
2: Did you know Post-it notes were originally called Press and Peel when they came out in 1977, but they didn't start selling well until the name change in 1980.
1: Oh, wow. Didn't know that either. And did
2: you know Mark Wahlberg, Donnie's brother, was an original member of New Kids on the Block, but he quit before they record, They started recording. He later joined them on tour, but instead as the front man for Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Oh,
0: yeah. Yo, it's about that time to break four.
2: The rhythm
0: and the rhyme I'ma get mine, so get yours I wanna see sweat coming out your board On the house tip of sound, swinging this Strictly hip-hop boy, I ain't singing this Bringing this to the entire nation Black, white, red, brown, feel the vibration Come on, come on Come on,
1: feel it, feel it Talk about a throwback there. Wow.
2: And if you didn't know, now you know.
0: Brandon Baxter in the morning.
1: They were asking people if they ever wanted uh, the idea that they could just kind of go completely off the grid. And a lot of people said they do. They would love the idea that they didn't have to respond to anybody or anything. Yeah. Like 57% of people say they would love to have a couple of days where they were completely unplugged. That's that's awesome. Where they didn't feel the need to uh, return text messages or to call people back or to respond to social media. A lot of people are like, hey, I need a break from this stuff. And mm-hmm. most likely that's people normally between the ages of 30 and 65. Okay. So those okay. are the people who are like, you know what? I want to get away. And I'm sitting here thinking this morning, right now, 646. At some point, I would love to have the opportunity to be completely off the grid and no longer feel the need to have to communicate with any humans.
2: Brandon, you basically live that way every day now. What? You don't ever get back with anybody. You don't communicate with anybody until it's last second or until after you get in trouble or until you get called out.
1: No, that is not what this is about. There's 30 people in line that want to come in and call you out. No, that is so awkward. Come on in. But it's got to the point now where it happens so frequently. I just kind of giggle about it. Like people now know not to expect a response. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, I don't don't know if it's funny. No, No, I've trained them. I don't think it's funny. I've trained them not to expect a response. So then, here's what happens. No, I'll tell you what happens. No, I'll tell you what happens. When I finally do respond, it's almost like they got the golden egg or a golden ticket in Willy Wonka. They are so happy that I've just responded. No, what happens
2: is your other people, they, they go to your other people. They come to me. They go to your wife. They go to your boss. Hey, why hasn't Brandon gotten back with me yet? And we have to sit there and look at him and go... Uh, I don't know. He's really a good guy. He just doesn't get
1: back with people. No, this is not the way this needs to sound. No, this is ridiculous.
2: Gosh, I'm getting, my phone is blowing up right now. No, mine is too. Oh, About what?
1: About this. What, telling them that I'm right? Somebody's about to get banned.
2: What, everybody in your life? No.
1: I'll tell you who's about to get banned right now live on the radio. Who? Patrick Courtois. From the city of Jonesboro. Oh, I already like him if he's going to get banned. He said, hate to tell you this, but uh, Kelly's right. <laughs> so here's to you, Mr. Sanitation Director. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what's about You're to about happen. You're about to cross the line. Hit the road, Patrick. Oh, and don't, don't you come back, back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Patrick. Hey, and don't, don't you come, come back, back no more. more. You are banned from you this show.
2: do that to a member of the city. He works for the city.
1: Oh, it's done. He's banned. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know
2: it. It's crazy.
1: That sounds kind of crazy. You must be
2: crazy. And people are crazy. A 20-year-old man from New Jersey named Justin was riding his motorcycle in Florida, and he had a funny license plate that said, bend over. But here's the deal. It was a fake license plate. Now, I'm going to say if you're already uh, a criminal and you're already wanted, the number one rule of not being caught is not to attract attention to yourself, but he did that with that license plate. Well, sure. Here's the problem. Justin was a fugitive who was wanted on a parole violation, and some officers noticed his his plate and thought it looked kind of fishy, (laughs) and they went to pull him over. Well, Justin sped away from them, leading them on a brief chase going through red lights and he ended up crashing his motorcycle sounds like he's going to be fine but he did need to be hospitalized oh, that's kind of a bad deal justin was charged with a felony fleeing account or uh, count, but he could also be looking at trouble in new jersey where he's wanted for that parole violation oh gosh speaking of crashing a motorcycle what do you get when you mix a motorcycle with a
1: joke Oh my gosh, I don't know. What do you get when you mix a motorcycle with a joke?
2: A yamaha ha 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 ha. Oh ha, my ha.
1: <laughs> Please take that one back. Please take it back. And
2: there's even more proof Whoa. that people are crazy. Goodness.
1: <laughs> Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy
3: birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Ah,
1: Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Boy. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for Birthday Sport today, Wednesday, April the 5th of 2023. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Marika Karakaros of Jonesboro, who celebrates a birthday today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Anna Harper-Free of Jonesboro celebrates Kristen Nicewander from Bono is celebrating a birthday. Teresa Hayes of McCrory celebrates Brooks Freeman in Conway. Happy birthday. Cody Fincher in Dice is celebrating. Uh, Haley Nelson from West Memphis is celebrating a birthday today. Ivory Thornton. Of Jonesboro, we have Julie Morrow of Jonesboro celebrating today. And Lauren Mason from Wynn celebrates as well. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say, happy birthday to all y'all. And you celebrate with these celebrities.
2: Happy birthday to Lily James. She's 34. She's Disney's live-action Cinderella and Lady Rose Aldridge on Downton Abbey. Happy birthday to Charlotte Flair, WWE superstar. Woo! She's 36 today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Sterling K. Brown. He's 47 today. That's Randall Pearson on the show This Is Us. Happy, happy birthday today to Pharrell. He is 50 today.
1: Pharrell celebrating a birthday today.
2: Happy birthday to Paula Cole. She's 55. Oh. You might remember her from the song. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nicole, 55 years old today.
2: And happy birthday today to Mike McCready, who's 57, the lead guitarist for Pearl
1: Jam. Mike McCready at Pearl Jam celebrating. I think this one's Kelly's favorite Pearl Jam.
3: Oh.
1: Kelly yeah it is Brandon happy birthday goes out to my good friend Mike McCready of Pearl Jam <laughs> mm-hmm. who turns 57 today happy birthday Mike hope you have a good one Brandon Baxter in the morning today's podcast is powered by crumble cookies in the shops of Hilltop in Jonesboro think about Easter on Sunday imagine going to like an Easter get-together and having a box of crumble cookies mm,
2: I will take it and I will take a little bite of each flavor.
1: No, and that's what you do every single time we have a box of cookies around here. You want to try every single one of them. I mean,
2: what's wrong with that? Now, on the menu this week, sugar candy eggs, a fluffy sugar cookie topped with a swirl of vanilla frosting and festively crunchy candy eggs.
1: They have the lemon bar cookie as well. This is that zesty, citrusy lemon cookie they smother with lemon bar topping, and a dash of powdered sugar.
2: How about the double fudge brownie? A thick brownie cookie topped with glossy chocolate glaze and fresh baked brownie bites.
1: They also have the iced oatmeal cookie this week. It's sweet and spiced. It's a cinnamon oatmeal cookie that they smother with that yummy vanilla cream cheese glaze.
2: How about the carrot cake? Easter Bunny approved a spiced carrot cake with rich cream cheese frosting and pecan garnish.
1: And of course, the milk chocolate chip. It's the classic, the can't-go-wrong cookie. It's there every single time you go to crumble. It's thick, it's soft. And it's packed with those milk chocolate chips.
2: Check out Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro.
1: Or hop on over to the App Store mm. and download the app. You can order online and save some time. Or hit up CrumbleCookies.com.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the
0: K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey,
4: welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now
0: back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
1: So we're joined this morning by the man the Barbie movie producers originally wanted to play Ken. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's the one that makes you feel He's the one that comes good. he's gonna be your Frankenstein i got one
3: thing you'll understand
0: Dr.
1: Shane Spuds Dr. Shane Spuds Dr. Shane Spuds, Dr. Shane Spuds. Y'all, he is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University. Ryan Gosling, who move over. He was going to play Ken in the Barbie movie with Margot Robbie, but he turned it down because he's too busy being a dean. Yeah, Doctor Shane. Spites. You know, you, you can only
5: do so many things. You got, you know, I've got this list of things that I'm involved in and things that I try to. You know, try, try to do even outside of being the dean. And at some point, you just got to say, you know, I can't do it all.
1: I yeah.
2: Margot Ro- Robbie was very upset that she you was. could not take the role. I
1: know. I know. She still texts me. I know. Well, and they were scouring the country to find somebody who kind of anatomically was similar to Ken. Right.
5: <laughs> <Fraaked>.
1: Ouch. <laughs> I mean, like he was in shape, you know, because he works out You're and stuff an on the beach. Idiot. You're such an idiot. I can't believe you said that on the radio. <laughs> I
3: know.
2: Oh, I can. <laughs>
5: It's not like like a backstage conversation. You're live. Thanks,
1: Brandon. I have a question for you. Hey, um, melatonin, can you tell me your thoughts on melatonin? Because, like, my wife swears by it, and it makes her go to sleep better, and she gets a better sleep and all this different stuff. And if she doesn't have it at this point, she feels like she doesn't go to sleep as well. Uh, What's your thought on melatonin?
5: So um, there's been a lot of data out about melatonin. There's actually a big study um, that looked at this about six months ago or so on melatonin. And what they did was they got um, because melatonin is not like a regulated drug. I think right. we've talked about this before. So like if I gave you a prescription for an antibiotic, whether you got it filled here in Jonesboro or in Orlando, Florida or in San Diego or Dallas, it's going to be the same drug right. because there's there's um, there are measures put in place by the FDA that says this is exactly how, you know, it has to be and make sure that everybody gets the same amount and the same dose and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true for supplements and vitamins. Wow. And melatonin is considered a supplement. <clears throat> and so what this study did was they got like, I think it was 15 or 25 different brands of melatonin. Mm-hmm. And they looked at all of them for the quality, like how much actual, so it said melatonin on the label, but how much melatonin did it have in it? And what else did it have in it? Right. And virtually all of them, except for three, I think, and I don't remember which which ones they were, whilst all of them had either um, really high or really lower doses of melatonin or had other things that shouldn't have been in there, like even some of them like heavy metals and things like that, um, and um, really other um, ingredients that weren't on the label. Um, And so the American Academy of Sleep Medicine came out with a statement about that and said, you know. In general, you shouldn't be taking uh, melatonin just because we're not quite sure what's in most of these preparations. Um, I know a lot of people use them. Um, I know a lot of people swear by them and, um, and say that they work. Typically, my first conversation with a patient when we talk about sleep is we go through sleep hygiene. So we go through this whole thing about, okay, how many hours of sleep a night do you get? When do you typically go to sleep? Um, you know, we know the data says you don't want to get less than five hours of sleep or more than ten hours of sleep, mm-hmm. uh, because that actually increases you know mortality or early death. You mm-hmm. want to sleep in a cold, dark room with no ambient lights. You don't want the TV on. You don't want any you know lights in the bathroom or things like that, mm-hmm. or even outside lights. You don't want your phone to be able to light up and, and and light up the room. You want to be off of your phone or a TV or iPad or laptop forty five minutes before you go to sleep. If you're somebody who wakes up and has to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. try not to drink any liquid after your evening meal. That typically uh, can make a difference as well. Um, and, so, and kind of going through a wind-down period. Like you shouldn't be uh, reading books, uh, eating, watching TV in bed. Like your brain needs right. to kind of know that, okay, once I'm in bed, it's a wind-down. It's time for, me, time for me to go to sleep. One of the interesting things, there was an article that came out, I guess, about two or three months ago, and, and I had never heard of this. I was embarrassed to say I'd never heard of this. But we talk about caffeine, you know, you've heard me say caffeine can hang around in your system. So that's why we say you shouldn't drink any caffeine after three o'clock in the afternoon because caffeine has a half-life of about six hours. And half-life means that about 50% of the caffeine is broken down in a certain amount of time. So 50% is broken down in a six-hour period, which means you've got caffeine still hanging out in your bloodstream into the evening. So if you drink anything with caffeine after three in the afternoon, there's a good chance that that could interfere with your sleep cycle. But for women, for women that are taking oral contraceptives, so women that are on oral contraceptive hormones, that competes with the caffeine for breakdown, and significantly increases the amount of caffeine that hangs out in the bloodstream. Oh wow! So for women that are women that are on birth control, um, your caffeine hangs around a lot longer than just the average person that's not on not on birth control or, or a male. That it's not and not being affected by anything like that so it's with the birth control and the caffeine they compete for um for breakdown in the liver and so the caffeine hangs around a lot longer and so i think for for a good number of women that are on birth control that may be one of the things to run into is have a coffee at four in the afternoon or something like that um, and then you've got you got that caffeine that's just hanging out so you just can't turn your mind off at night
1: yeah but you know, the, I guess the first time I ever heard of melatonin, uh we had a family member who had young kids and they were giving melatonin to the children because it made them oh, yeah. it made them rest. And I'd never even heard of it at that point. Do you think it's I mean, is it something we shouldn't give to kids either?
5: No, it it shouldn't be given to kids. Um now there uh, there was a I'm trying to remember exactly, it's kind of catch me on the spot here. There was something recent about melatonin in kids. Hmm. Um and I'm pretty sure it was a, it was an absolute shouldn't be shouldn't be given to kids. Again, it goes back to the, we're just not always sure what's in the pill because it's a supplement because supplements have a lot more flexibility in terms of what they can add to it. So if it has some melatonin, but it's got some other things then they can still market it as melatonin. Does that make sense?
1: No, it does. I want to ask you this too, because, and I just, uh, I saw something about this the other day and, and we kind of now talking about what's on the label. <clears throat> I read that like when we see nutrition values, right. And we say, Oh, this has 400 calories. This has 900 calories that they can be either above or below the true calories by about 20%. And that's okay. So literally something that you think you're eating, that's 400 calories could have substantially more because there, it's really hard to figure that out. Is that accurate? Yeah.
5: Yeah. No, I, th- there's a, there's a range there that doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all. It's like, they, <laughs> they, you know, there's a certain amount of, um, you know things that they allow to fall into the peanut butter vat, or things like that that go into your, go into your, into your hot dog. So there's there's an acceptable amount of things that that can go into that process. So yes, I think there probably is. That's more of a range than an absolute. You're not getting exactly, you know, 350 calories uh, when you. Uh, when you eat something that says that, I, th- I think that that's absolutely true. Um, but yeah, so, that doesn't surprise me at all. But
1: for instance, like let's say you're getting, you know, it's a diet bar, a protein bar, and it shows, oh, it's only 150 calories. Or let's say it's a candy bar that says it's 500, it really could be 700, and we're just trying to trust the back of the label. That's wild to me.
5: Uh, yeah, no, I think that that that's, um, that doesn't surprise me. People, you know, when you talk about counting calories, it's a lot harder than you realize because because um, for some people, I mean, we know. The basic mechanism behind weight loss is to be able to say, okay, I'm going to burn more calories than I take in. And, right. that's, it, it, and we, we make it sound like it's a simple equation. Obviously, we know that weight loss is not that simple. Mm-hmm. And I say in terms of the actual act of losing weight. But from a, from a mathematical standpoint, it truly is, do I burn more calories during the day than I take in? Well, that's just really hard to, to isolate to, to an exact number. You can get a ballpark, and that's kind of what we go for. Uh, we talk about you know eh, about twelve hundred calorie meals or twenty four hundred calories a day, mm-hmm. you know, give or take. And so that's it's really more of a range. I, I would agree with you.
1: But I see people, especially this this normally happens uh, in my mind. It happens more with females, where they all of a sudden come in and go, "Oh, I'm going to cut my calories way down. I want to get in shape by summer or whatever." <clears throat> so they get down to a point where they're eating you know a thousand calories. There's no way that can be good, right?
4: Well, it goes.
5: Um, I, it's great that you brought this up because. I had this conversation just yesterday with a patient. It's about what's sustainable. Mm -hmm. And there there was another study that came out um, uh, probably a couple of months ago about this, too, on the back and forth on the fad diet. You know, I'm going to do this, and you do it. The average person sticks to a fad diet, you know, for about 60 to 90 days, maybe a little longer. You know, some maybe stick it out maybe six months. But the vast majority are not doing that a year later. Right. And so it's the volleying back and forth. And so I do this fad diet and most any diet, by the way, most any diet Just the fact that you mentally are tracking calories and trying to do better in terms of your activity. Most people will lose weight on any fad diet, mm-hmm. any of them that, they, that you accept. But it's the, is this something I can sustain? Can I see myself eating this way for the rest of my life? Right. Do I see myself maintaining this activity for the rest of my life? And that's where it's got to be. Okay. Rather than trying to lose this weight so quickly, because hey, I want to fit in my, you know, bathing suit. What's the best way to say? L- let me gradually move into. You know what? I'm not a huge fan of Mediterranean diets. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But there's a few recipes that I like. Or you know what? I can instead of fried chicken, I could eat bait. I can live on bait chicken. I don't have to have fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Things like that that you can do throughout your diet. Or you know, I I don't want to go run a 5K right now, but I'll walk around the neighborhood. Right. It's those little things that start, and you say, "Look, I could do this the rest of my life. I could, you know, I could take a walk around the neighborhood, you know, with my spouse or my kids or something like that. I could do that, you know, three times a week for the rest of my life." Those are the things you want to adopt, yep. um, because I, I think it almost, for, for a lot of people, they feel disheartened when all of a sudden you know I've, I lost this weight, and then I gained it all back, and then you kind of feel like a failure, and you feel like you know I just can't do this. It's oh, it was willpower. No, it's not really that. It's about what you can maintain in terms of a lifestyle mm-hmm. for really the next twenty, thirty, forty years. That's what you're looking for, and for most people, that's more of a journey as opposed to a quick thirty day destination.
1: Well, see, I'm glad you said that because I've I've been one of the people who's done that deal before, where it's like a, I've lost thirty pounds, and then you know, not, not 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 necessarily in a year, but you know, within two years, that weight has come back every time. Yeah, know? because I'm doing something yeah. I guess that I can't sustain.
5: And that's exactly right. And so you want to try to adopt a schedule and a lifestyle called, lifestyle that includes, you know, good activity and good, because, and I, we, last time we were on, we talked about these eight things that that um, will add years to your life. Like for, for women, it was going to add 10 years. Those eight mm-hmm. lifestyle changes in terms of diet, activity, don't smoke, you know, all of these things. You know, for men, it was eight years. And for women, it was, I mean, you're adding years to your life. I mean, these are years that you're with friends and family and kids and grandkids. I mean, it truly does make a difference. But it's not easy, um, and it's got to be something that I think you embark upon. Like I said, it's more of a journey.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Again, Doctor Shane Spites joins us this morning. Uh, hit me with one more thing. What are you seeing?
5: Well, this is not going to be popular.
1: Oh gosh! Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Brandon's used to that.
1: <laughs> this is not. Oh. <laughs>
2: Wait
5: a so, staying with the theme of not being popular. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Study, study on alcohol. Brandon, I gotta go, Shane. I gotta go. Yeah. We're out of time.
2: Brandon,
3: put your <laughs> headphones back uh, uh, on. It.
5: <laughs> we used to think that a drink a day was fine and actually even healthy for you. We thought that ah, eh, you know, a glass of wine a day, you know, or a glass, you know, one to two for men, one for women, uh, you know, that's good. You know, that's actually healthy. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Oh, like it's not true at all. Like it's just actually it's harmful. Mm. So if, if, so, for any of your listeners that are drinking alcohol for the health benefits. Don't do that. I mean, you can drink it for other reasons, but don't think that you're drinking it for your health. This was a study of 4.8 million
3: people. Oh gosh, man,
5: yeah. that's a huge study, huge study. Yeah, and it looked at. Um, uh, it was actually it was multiple sub studies, is what it was, and looked at alcohol intake and throughout all of those. I think it was I think it was 107 sub studies. Alcohol was not protective, Um, and it did not help your heart. It did not do anything. to. If anything, it actually did the opposite. It increased the risk of heart disease, increased the risk of cancer. Uh, Look, I'm not saying, you know, you got to stop stone cold. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that don't think that you're drinking alcohol for health reasons because the data, the large amount of data now, that that's just not the case.
1: This is the worst news you've ever brought up. <laughs> and with that, I'm out. <laughs> Y'all, he, he is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University, Dr. Shane Spites. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you next Wednesday, okay? All right, guys. Have a great week. Take care. All right, you too. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the
0: K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinch.
4: We'll get back to the show.
0: Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
1: So we're joined this morning by Michael Wewers from the Foundation of Arts in Jonesboro, foajonesboro.org. Michael, welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thank you all for having me. Michael, you owe me lunch, as I proclaimed earlier today.
6: Right. Well, let's just, let's just for all the, the listeners, you know, I did offer to take both of y'all to lunch. Uh-huh. I said, just give me the date
3: yes, and uh,
6: I'll put it on my calendar. So it's really, it falls back on you. Okay? I agree, Michael.
1: Let me tell you what he did though. So we're at an event. I'm doing an event at Domino's and he shows up there <laughs> offering to get me free lunch. I'm working there. That's
6: perfect. Good. You know? Yeah, I, I, I said, go ahead, go ahead, eat all you want to, told me today. <laughs> he thinks
2: just like you, Brandon. He does.
6: <laughs> uh, how
1: are things going with FOA?
6: Oh, it's just wonderful. You know, we, uh, we just started the month of April here, and we just got a, uh, just a jam-packed month of uh, events and uh, fun things to do over here at the FOA.
1: Let's talk about some of that stuff, because it seems like every time we talk to you, it's like, how do you guys squeeze all of this stuff into a month? It's like, do you have extra days or something? Because it seems like you guys... <laughs> Uh, always have a whole bunch going on. What does April look like?
6: Uh, yeah, uh, you know, and that's you're so right. I mean, we always got so much. It's just due to a wonderful team uh, that, that gets it done. But, you know, we start off this Friday. We got Aaron Hedley uh, on our uh, first Fridays at the forum, live at the forum. Uh, he's a wonderful musician. So if you're looking for live music and to get out of the house, maybe get to go to downtown Jonesboro, go out to eat and see a live show, stop by the forum and see him. He's a very talented musician. He's got a wonderful family, too. Um, you know, so we're really we're excited to have him. Uh, then, uh, the 14th, 15th, and 16th, we'll be doing Camp Rock. That's gonna be really exciting. We got a uh, great big cast on that. Um, you know, they're finishing up the, the stage, uh, now, so we should be ready to go. And then at the end of this month, we have uh, a film festival and a, uh, the Oasis Arts Festival. Wow. So, yes, yeah, it is jam packed.
1: Hey, walk me through the idea behind the film festival, because I know you've done the arts festival before, but now the film festival, uh, what's, what's the idea behind that?
6: Yeah. So, so in, in some of these, uh, other bigger, bigger cities, you know, they had these annual film festivals, which draws a lot of people uh, to their town. Um, it's a day of, uh, we kind of copied or mimicked some of these other festivals looking to, we have a wonderful committee that's done the research on that. who also attend some of these festivals, um, It's going to be a day where we're going to show a couple uh, of films from uh, some very well-known filmmakers, Mm -hmm. and then we'll also have free workshops for the public. We have uh, just a couple of days of workshops uh, that you can come and attend. If they're uh, 3D animation workshops, uh, filmmaking workshops, uh, just about anything, uh, improv, workshop. So, you know, it's something for everybody. It's something kind of new. We did a soft launch on it last year uh, just uh, trying to introduce it. And we we wanted to run it on the same time as the other Oasis Festival, for the Arts Festival, just so we've already got, got everybody downtown, and we think it's a good way to let everybody know what's going on.
1: So the Oasis Arts Festival has been going on for a number of years. Uh, for people who haven't had the chance to go downtown to experience that, what does that look like?
6: Yeah, well, it's bigger than ever. It keeps growing. So that is just a wonderful. Whenever you have an event... And then every year you see it growing. We have over, I think, over 50 artists so far
3: oh, wow. uh,
6: that's entered that. So, yeah, the downtown Main Street will be shut down. Uh, and we'll just line the streets full of artists, uh, you know, craftsmen. Yeah, there's all kinds of things that you can uh, get out enjoy the day. It's a family-friendly event. You know, there's going to be things for the kids to do. Um, you know, and go support this local artists, but also artists from all over NEA that are coming to participate in this.
1: Hey, on your social media, did I see that you've done a painting of Elvis? Yes, sir.
6: Yeah. Yes, sir. That's I, I did. That's, uh, I've done two. I, I did one uh, about a year ago, and it sold pretty quickly. And then, um, you know, he was a younger Elvis, and I, I wanted to get that that older one with the white jumpsuit and yeah. the stars on it. So that's the one I I got.
2: You know, Michael, uh, Brandon's birthday is coming up oh, yeah. uh, this month. Do you think you could do a portrait of Brandon? <laughs>
6: Yeah, we would like to hang can, that in the studio. I don't studio. Know
3: I can get his whole head on, on the Oh, the whole <laughs> Michael is my favorite guest. Oh, That's oh, brutal. That. High five hey, hey. right there.
1: See, all of a sudden, yeah. you got hey, I, still, I still buy you lunch, though. Uh. <laughs> no, you're done now. All of a sudden, remember how nice he was to us at first? <laughs> what happens yeah. with all these people once well, they get to know us? They bust I on me. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, me and Kelly talk. We kind of sit that one up. Okay. It it <laughs> All right. Hey, we like to talk about people finding the artist in them. And this can be for young people. Maybe you're looking for an outlet for your child. Or as you get older, maybe you're like, hey, I want to be involved in something. I want to do something. I want to have a, a good group of people to work with. FOA really offers so much to the community outside of just the shows, but with the with the classes you guys have and and the outreach that you do. Uh, it's really, it's widespread in how you kind of reach out and want people to find the artist in them.
6: Oh, that's so true. And that is one of the biggest joys I have working here. I mean, I do a lot of the business side of it. Uh, but, you know, whenever I get to take a little little break and, and just take some time and go and just see uh, what we're all about, you know, just step outside my office there and, and see the impact that we're making on northeast Arkansas. I tell you what, it, it's a just a wonderful feeling. It feels like I'm in the right place, doing something that's bigger than ourselves. I think everybody should look into something that's a little bit bigger than just you yeah. and you know some a greater good is always healthy well
1: it seems like a lot of times when we deal with uh with individuals who have done performances or gone through classes with foa it seems like their confidence level is different it seems like you guys help them figure out not only their their artistic side but also it seems like you're instilling some type of confidence because they know what that skill is and what their talent is
6: oh for sure for sure i i wish i would i, I would have got into it a little sooner because i can see you know, some of these these younger, uh, you know, these kids and these uh, younger adults, uh, they carry themselves so well. Mm-hmm. You know, just the level of confidence that they have, uh, which is a, a an excellent life skill. You know, to be able to either go to interviews and and be confident, or be able to be on stage and be able to speak mm-hmm. to the public. Uh, them are things that you can take with you for the rest of your life. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's awesome. That's one of the things I love about seeing who you guys kind of grow through FOA as well. You can find out more about what happens with the Foundation of Arts. You can find out more about First Fridays at the Forum and Camp Rock and the Oasis Arts Festival and the Film Festival, all of that, if you go to foajonesborough.org. Uh, unfortunately, you will have to deal with Michael Weavers, but if you, know, you win some and you lose some. Uh, yeah. hey, hey. hey, I don't treat everybody like I treat you. You're special.
3: Thanks, man. I, I guess I appreciate
1: that. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Hey, I thank you all so much for having me. All right, see you, Michael. Have a good day. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey,
4: welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show.
0: Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
1: So we're joined this morning by the Executive Director of the Northeast Arkansas Humane Society. Please welcome to the show, Hillary Starnes. Hillary, good morning.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Uh,
1: The real reason I wanted to talk to you today was to put in my application to adopt Wendell Parker. Is that okay? Brandon.
4: (laughs) Sure. We did have somebody come out and meet him yesterday That's kind of him this past
1: year but Aww. um
4: he is absolutely a doll
1: he is the cutest thing and you see his eyes and the idea mm-hmm. that and for those of you who haven't seen the story on this dog this was a dog that lived out basically on the streets hillary do you have any idea how long the dog was out
4: my first interaction with him was october of 2021
1: oh my goodness
4: so he has been out for quite a while
3: uh-huh.
1: And we have no idea how he ended up where he is. Do you, do you know what uh, what type of dog he is? Because when Kelly first saw him, she's like, Brandon, you've always wanted one of these big Mastiff-looking yeah. dogs, and I believe I found one.
4: <laughs> Mastiff is what we're going with, definitely. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He's so, pure
4: 89 pounds right
1: now. Oh, <laughs> How's he doing, though? Because, you know, so many people in the community, when he wasn't around at the Exxon and Wendy's on Parker Road and Southwest Drive in Jonesboro, a lot of people worried that something happened to him.
4: Right now he was caught by animal control, and then two days later we transported him over to us, which were right next door, and we just had a calmer area. Plus, he's heartworm positive, so we knew we would be treating him. Mm-hmm. And um, within a day, we kind of worked our way with a leash and collar, and and within three or four days he was just a total turnaround dog. I mean, he <laughs> loves the leash, loves people. We worked on jumping in cars. We went out to K-8. So he's he's Aww. absolutely doing amazing. Famous.
1: Hey, if I want to come by and just hang out with him, am I allowed to do that?
4: Ash, we'll let you in. <laughs>
1: Can you imagine? I wouldn't want to leave him. There's a song about him, too. <laughs> there Mr. <is>? Wendell. Okay.
4: <laughs> Mr. Wendell. Okay. So, Mr. Wendell.
1: So, Hillary, is there a possibility that if I wanted to just take a nap with him in the middle of the afternoon, that That's would be fine? That's a little weird.
4: I'm sure you'll have to take the nap with the other sixty-six dogs too.
1: Oh my gosh, you guys have sixty-six right now.
4: Yes. Uh-huh.
1: Is that a high number for you, or is that is that normal? What's that look like?
4: It's a little higher, but we have a lot more puppies, so we can kind of pair them in kennels a little more. Usually, we like to stay around fifty-five to fifty-eight, but it really depends on if we have the puppies or adults in.
1: Yeah. It seems like this community, uh, Northeast Arkansas in particular, just really rallies around the Humane Society and and really tries to help you guys out. Uh, when we're helping with you uh, the Humane Society events, how does that go back and help these animals?
4: So all of our animals are spayed, neutered, microchip vaccinated. Of course, we have to feed them every day. They they're clean their kennels are cleaned every single day. They get fresh water. So we have, you know, the water bill, the light bill, the feeding bill, uh, the staff. We have Mm -hmm. 10 staff. So since we're brick and mortar, um, our budget is a little bit higher than uh, like a foster-based rescue. So all the money goes back into them, and especially the heartworm treatments that we do on our dogs. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's pretty costly.
1: So what ended up, uh, what led you to the Humane Society? Why was this something that you decided you wanted to be a part of and then become the executive director of?
4: Well, I I always grew up with dogs, and uh, I did actually start volunteering with them when I worked for the city, writing their grants. And then an opportunity for the director position came open, so I applied, and uh, I knew some of the board members, and they knew how my passion was for Animals, and then I've worked in several nonprofits prior, so the fit was just there.
1: So, you guys have an Easter bake sale and barbecue fundraiser that's actually happening on this coming Friday. Uh, And as I was going through your stuff and I was reading the flyer, all it did was make me hungry because (laughs) you're gonna have all kinds of stuff out there.
4: Oh, yes, Uh, we get everything from cinnamon rolls to banana pudding to Mm. pecan pies, key lime pie, which Dr. Reed's. Uh, pound or Patty does and so it's just all kinds of bread cupcakes Uh, we have dog treats cat treats anything you can think of we have it
1: so how does it look on Friday what's this going to look like as far as if the community wants to come by and like for me I'm a huge fan of key lime pie right I didn't realize Patty made that uh yes but (laughs) like if I'm I'm looking for sweet treats for the weekend and we wanted to come by uh what's that going to look like when we get there
4: So when you come to Faith Free Will Baptist Church, which is just right across the street from Blessed Sacrament, Mm -hmm. you will have probably 20 tables full (laughs) of sweet treats. And plus, we do have some refrigerated items, so don't forget about those. But um, you just walk in, you look around, see what you want, and then you'll just check out and you'll be on your way. But if you want to donate to us, you can drop it off Thursday uh, between 4.30 and 6.30. Or that morning, um, we take all kind of donations, and we'll do it throughout the day because we're also having Cosby cakes come in, and they won't be there till twelve thirty. So you can always come back for a second round to see what we have.
1: <laughs> I like the sound of that. So, uh, are the items going to be priced individually? Is it donation based? How does that look?
4: It's all priced individually. We have a pricing team that's done this. You know, we've been doing this fundraiser. I've, we've kind of calculated thirty years now
1: whoa dang so
4: they have it down to a t
1: <laughs> yeah that's awesome so it's going to be happening on friday what are the hours for the the sale on friday
4: so the sale on friday is seven o'clock that's when we'll start and we'll go until everything's sold out which is normally about one thirty or 2
1: oh dang so y'all sell out pretty quick
4: yeah i mean it yeah we get tons and tons of donations but we go throughout the day and um we love seeing the people we usually have some puppies on hand to who, mm-hmm. who, when you come through the door. Um, but let's not forget about the Easter Bunny coming on Thursday, too.
1: Yeah, so the Easter Bunny is going to be there, uh, I guess, tomorrow afternoon. So tell me about that.
4: So while we're setting up, we decided this year to have the Easter Bunny. We're going to have a really cute backdrop. So the Easter Bunny will be there from 430 to 630. It's a minimum donation of $10. Mm-hmm. You can bring your animals with you, bring your kids. If you just want a picture yourself with the Easter bunnies. We welcome everybody, but we do ask that the animals being carriers or on leashes.
1: Man, it sounds like a really fun event, obviously for a great cause, the Northeast Arkansas Humane Society. It's the Easter bake sale and barbecue fundraiser. The actual day of the event is this coming Friday at the Faith Free Will Baptist Church Family Life Center, which is at 1008 East Highland in Jonesboro. Hey, Hillary, we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us, and uh, I want to come see Wendell soon, okay?
4: Okay, sounds good.
1: All right, have a great morning.
4: You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody.
0: Powered by Family Zinc.
4: We'll get back to the show.
0: Now, back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
1: So, we're joined this morning by Mayor Jennifer Hobbs from Wynn. Obviously, we know what happened in Wynn on Friday. And, you know, we were kind of thinking about who we could reach out to. There'd be a great contact. And we thought, man, uh, the mayor is involved in every step of this process. So, Mayor Jennifer Hobbs, welcome to the show this morning.
7: Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me.
1: Hey, we thank you because, uh, you know, number one, we've seen the images. Everybody has seen the images, and it's been national news as well as far as what happened and when. But the people that I've talked to who live there and the people who have visited to try to help, they all come back and tell me that uh, the devastation that they see is much worse in person than we could ever imagine through the photos and videos.
7: It is. It is. It is unimaginable, and it's, it's heart-wrenching when it's your community and you drive through and it's the heart of town has been damaged, and you just look across and know it's never going to look the same again. We, Our um, First United Methodist Church is such a landmark, and it's destroyed, and then across the street from that is our high school, and that's destroyed, and um, along with with multiple other businesses and then the sheer loss of homes that we have. Um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And um, over it's daunting.
1: I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. I can, I can still hear the emotion in your voice. I mean, this is something that, that you all as a city are going to be recovering from for a long time. And, and I would assume it's not even, I mean, we're probably still in the early stages of cleanup, correct?
7: Oh, we are. Um, we, we did transition on Sunday from a rescue-type um, mission to we we were confident we had any victims atten- attended to, and so we started a cleanup process, which is overwhelming in itself, the sheer amount of debris. We have huge, huge trees are all uprooted, as well as just the, the construction debris that thrown about is it's just a daunting task to know that we have to clean all that up and transport it. But we, we're trying to do it as quickly as possible. We want to to get it cleaned up and get it out of the city so that we can rebuild. Again, as Mayor, as
1: Mayor Jennifer Hobbs from Wynn joins us this morning. Uh, the people whose homes were affected, obviously, you know, you see those homes and you're like, Oh my gosh, it was it was just devastation. Uh what is their status? Now, because I heard the other day there were some people who, you know, whose homes there were there were damaged to the roof and, and some stuff like that and they were still trying to stay in their homes. Is that have you have you guys kinda corrected some of that so far?
7: No, there are still people that are staying in structures that probably are not safe, but they refuse to leave leave and um then there are many that there's no structure at all left um to
1: stay in so friday night and and i don't want to I, I do want to bring it up because i want to know kind of what the thought process was and i know how it was when jonesboro was hit by a tornado a lot of times we get the warnings and we know the storms are coming and in many cases we have days of advance warning that a storm might come through but we always think it's not going to happen to us it's going to be somewhere else um when you knew that storm was approaching your city on friday what was going through your mind
7: You know, it a lot was going through my mind, but it was just sheer fear and concern for my citizens. I will say that our fire chief started the sirens, the tornado sirens, immediately once the warning actually landed. The warning um, was issued for Winn and Cross County, and he blared those sirens for for the entire time. And I know me, I had rhymes on on my phone on Facebook live and i had my city radio on my side and my husband had another radar going and we were just trying to to watch engage and um you know predict as best as we can and we actually sat on highway 1 south of the city mm. in our truck and watched the storm cross and as we as we could see it moving to where we knew we were not going to be in the path of the storm, we started making our way back to right. town. And, to, you know, we were trying to make our way to the fire station and I literally could not get there because of the, the path of the tornado. And the town virtually was just ripped in half from east to west. And our police station in City Hall was on the south side of the path of destruction. Our fire department was on the north side. and It just took us a a little bit to to connect and get the command center set up. And we were so blessed to have State Trooper Philip Hydrant show up. And we surrendered command to him. And he's a a well-versed, experienced trooper. And he took took charge. And we started the outpouring of help that we received. We had fire departments and police departments from cities, and counties all over the state responded and showed up,
1: and we saw that when Jonesboro was hit as well. And I think that's one of the great things about emergency personnel—they're going to be there uh, when times are tough. We often say that first responders are the ones that, as we all run and try to hide and take cover from bad situations or weather, they're the they're the ones who are running toward it. The the bravery that they display, uh, and also as a community, you know, we we realize how much people helped us, and we know that. A lot of people want to help win. There's collection drives and churches are doing them and organizations are doing them. And, you know, we're partnering with Arkansas State to do one. Um, But as far as what you're seeing in the city, because you're there every single day and you're walking those streets and you're talking to your people, what do the needs look like now? Because we've all seen lists and we all have ideas of things that we can provide. But I mean, as far as this morning, 815, what does win need?
7: Well, um, I would have to defer a lot of those questions to Leanne Lovell, who's running our donation center, um, because I have been so busy working with FEMA and Adam and trying to get the resources here to help our family restore. Right. Um, I have delegated a lot of that to her, and she is running our donation center, and her phone number is 870-588-5329, and they've issued a Um, They've taken a Facebook page out, Wind Tornado Distribution Center, and they are keeping the immediate needs posted there because um, the the victims and people in need are actually coming to that center and they're trying to get them the items that they need. And so if she starts running into a shortage of something or she has some special requests that there's not some already on hand, she's pushing that out for me. Mm -hmm. And... um, and it's been an evolving thing. So one day we were really in need of mattresses, and one day we were really in need of um, underwear and things like that. So I know it's it's evolving and it's changing um, on a daily basis.
1: What's the next step as far as, as for you and the city and the city government with, with FEMA and all that stuff? What's going to happen like over the next couple of days? Do we know?
7: Um, I have another meeting scheduled Monday, and um, so we'll be discussing um, what our options are for temporary housing. Mm-hmm. We are already, you know, we've already started the cleanup phase, but then uh, we're discussing how much of that um, FEMA is going to help the city um, in reimbursable cost right. because it's it's, it's going to be um, a daunting task because of how much there is. It's going to be financially. Um, A burden.
1: So I I saw that there's a number of organizations who have showed up in Wynn to provide meals for for citizens, which I think is awesome that, you know, you have these groups again that go to cities when they're hit by devastation. And to know that, you know, your people are being taken care of the best that they can. I think that's great. Um, What would you say to the people of Wynn this morning? Uh, They probably want to hear, you know, something from you as far as, hey, let's lift them up and make them feel better. What would you say to the citizens of the city of Wynn?
7: Well, I'm just so proud of our community. Uh, it, they've come together in this time of need. I feel like they're stronger than ever. They, um, It's just neighbor helping neighbor, and I'm overwhelmed at the outpouring of support that we've received, whether that be um, locally or far and wide. People have come, you know, to feed our community. We've had so much of the town hasn't even had power, so we haven't been able to have restaurants opened up to, to feed the people. And it, we're just grateful that um, organizations have shown up and filled in the gaps. And I just want to encourage everyone that it's it's going to take time, but we will recover.
1: Mayor Jennifer Hobbs from the City of Wynn joins us this morning. Hey, we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. And uh, anytime you want to, to share information around northeast Arkansas, Reach out to us and let us know how we can help, okay?
7: I sure will. Thank you much for calling. All
1: right, have a great day.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club.
4: Hey, welcome back
0: everybody. Powered by Family Zinc.
4: We'll get back to the show.
0: Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
1: We're joined this morning by the man you need. Yay. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is Man's best friend, he is our best friend, and he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro vet-care.com. Uh, Kevin's back with Wet Nose Wednesday. Good morning, Doc.
8: Hey, good morning.
1: Hey, I wanted to ask you real quickly about Patty's pie. Yes. So I have heard, rumor has it, that her key lime pie is the best.
8: I, I may be prejudiced, but I would have to say it's pretty good. I haven't seen a lot of them that are much any better than that.
2: Well, in order for us to decide, she's going to have to bring some key lime pie over.
8: Okay, we can do that. You're going to be in the studio Friday morning, aren't you? Yes. Yep, we're going to be here. All uh, We'll bring one.
1: So uh, Patty and Kevin and, and Vet Care are part of the Easter Bake Sale for the Humane Society. Again, that happens on Friday at the Faith Free Will Baptist Church Family Life Center from 7 until they're sold out, which is pretty much until just after lunch. So it's cool to know that you guys uh, support the Humane Society.
8: Yeah, you know, we—I know Patty's been making those for the last few years, and, and they've become very popular. They pretty much uh, go early. So uh, this year we're going to make the regular size ones, and she's also got some little graham cracker crust, which would be like for, you know, a small like a an individual, or in, you know, an individual pie, or maybe enough for two people. It's pretty—you know, those pies are pretty rich, so even a small one would easily feed
1: two people. Sounds good, man. So uh, we like to come to Kevin and we talk about what's happening in our pet community. And Kevin brought up a great point today in the fact that, you know, when you look at storms that have impacted both Wynn and in Little Rock, you know, we think about the devastation. We think about the humans. And I think sometimes we don't really maybe focus on the fact that there's animals that get displaced in these situations as well, Kevin.
8: Yeah, you know, and uh, as I was saying, you know, I've seen so many posts on Facebook. Unfortunately, some groups popped up, you know, for lost pets or displaced pets. And, you know, what's amazing is I've looked through uh, the social media posts. A lot of these pets were reunited. And, uh, you know, that's, um, you know, very gratifying because you can imagine, you know, when you just have sometimes minutes to prepare, uh, you know, and, and, you know, of course, your pet is probably going to be at the top of the list, but they get scared if they're outside, you know, they want to run away. Or if the house is actually destroyed, you know, they can get out through the openings in the building. So um, I think it's important to maybe mention again about having a pet disaster kit handy. And, you know, by handy, I mean, if you've got a small dog or cat or a couple of them, it wouldn't hurt just to get an extra carrier for each of them. And then use that as the storage container for some of the things you'll need. And that way, keep it handy, you know, in your garage or in a closet where all you have to do is pick it up and it's got the items that you may need. And there's a really good, uh, uh, on the CDC, actually cdc.gov website, just look up uh, disaster prep pet emergency checklist, and uh, it's, it's It's really easy, you know, things you should start with, copies of documents like any veterinary records, medical records, rabies certificate, um, also prescriptions for any medications that you may need to refill, um, and then a a pet description, you know, and and some photographs, recent photographs of each of your pets. Put all those in a waterproof uh, container, you know, even a Ziploc bag or something like that, any microchip information. Uh, you know, it's important keep keep collars with ID tags. You know, when, when pets are found and they're wearing a collar but there's no ID tag, you know, we usually know it belongs to somebody, but there's no way to determine who it is, right. uh, who the owner is. Um, they go a little heavy on prepping for food and water. You know, they say a two-week supply of food for each animal, two-week supply of water. I think you'd get by, you know, of course, that would be a major disaster like a hurricane or something. Uh, fortunately there's rescue groups that come in pretty quickly, but you know, it wouldn't hurt to have a few days supply of food and water for each pet. You know, have some food containers, water dishes. If you're, you know, take a manual can opener, you know, if you're feeding canned food because the power is probably gonna be out for a period of time. Uh a one to two week supply of any medications that your pet takes, uh, and then even a month or two supply of a flea or, or tick or heartworm prevent. Um and, of course, have a leash and collar or harness, uh, any toys that they're attached to that might make them more comfortable. Um, you know, And then don't forget cleaning supplies just to put in this carrier, like a paper, a roll of paper towel, some uh, plastic bags, a disinfectant. And, of course, don't forget if you have cats, you know, you should have some litter, and, uh, even a disposable litter box or a couple of disposable litter boxes. And it just makes, you know, it'll make you feel a lot better just to have these items ready, um, you know, in an area, like I said, hurricanes sometimes you have a three to f- three to five day warning. So you have time to prepare tornadoes as we saw last week, you know, in, in no time, you know, uh, areas in, in most cities were just devastated. So, um, you know, last thing you want to do is trying to be gathering up, uh, your pet stuff, running through the house, you know, in the kitchen or in the garage or in the basement where everything, everything may be spread out. So. You know, just a little planning ahead because we're getting into the tornado season, obviously, and we may experience, hopefully not, but we'll experience some storms this afternoon. So, you know, keep keep your pet in mind when you're doing that.
1: You mentioned the microchip, and it's funny you mentioned that because uh, Leslie just said something about that last night. She's like, you know, we should probably get Murphy microchipped. Is that a pretty easy process?
8: It's very easy. It's basically, um, it's it's like giving an injection. You know, these microchips are small enough, and they've really been reduced in size since they first came out. So, you know, it's a little bit larger needle than what's used for a normal vaccine injection or, you know, any kind of medication injection. And it's just, you know, given subcutaneously under the skin between the shoulder blades. We uh, microchipped a little, uh, a new lab puppy yesterday. I think it was only probably about 11 weeks old uh, mm-hmm. 11 or 12 weeks old and the puppy didn't even you know so busy jumping uh, you know <laughs> wiggling around licking faces it didn't even feel it oh. and uh it literally takes seconds to put it in there and then you know there's an ID tag that goes along with it that can go on their collar so if just a layperson person finds it doesn't have access to a microchip scanner you know there's usually the microchip number on there and a toll-free number to call the database for that particular company and Uh, you know, easily located. And, you know, we've had some pretty, uh, we've had several in the last year that uh, somebody found a dog and and I'd say three or four of them when they brought them in, they've been microchipped and we were able to, you know, meet immediately contact the owner. So it's, uh, you know, it's a permanent identification. Uh, All shelters and veterinary clinics and rescue groups have these scanners and they're universal scanners now where, you know, you can pretty much scan for any brand of microchip and You know find out uh who it's registered to so um i think it's very important all my pets two dogs two cats they're microchips Mm -hmm. um and they have their they wear their collars uh with their id tags and microchip tags on them at all times and they stay in the house you know there's always that chance a door blows open and they're out the you know in the yard or on the street
1: i think it's something great to think about and uh, obviously, if you're looking for uh, microchipping for your pets, Dr. Kevin Reed at VetCare does that, and he's right next door to us on Parker Road in Jonesboro. And y'all, of course, he is the man you need. need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend, and he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed from VetCare on Parker Road, vet-care.com, and on Facebook when you search Care Jonesboro. And Dr. Reed, tell Patty to bring us that pie, okay?
8: Hey, we'll be there. And one other thing for Kelly, when you're packing Bones' and Miss uh little kennel, <laughs> oh, be okay. sure and put a ball that fits. I worry about
1: you. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, man. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you Friday. All right, see you then. (laughs) Always take care of your puppies. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen.
0: This is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey,
4: welcome back everybody. Powered by Family Zinch. We'll get back to the show.
0: Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
1: We're joined this morning by a a man I would like to tell you is a friend of the show, but he's really not. Jason Olson is joining us from the Jonesboro Fire Department. You're so rude. He's about to get banned. Oh, because he agreed with me. No, because yeah, he's not my friend anymore. Jason, go away. <laughs> well,
9: as long as I'm still Josh's friend, I think I got an end.
1: Okay, you can't talk about my brother-in-law on the radio just because y'all are all West Side kids. Hey, kids. we gotta we
9: gotta get in where we can.
1: All right, the warrior for life, right there, Jason Olsen. <laughs> How are you, man? <laughs> man, I'm good. How about y'all? Hey, we're good. Has a truck fallen on you lately or anything? Or
9: not, no, no, we're um. gonna try not to do that again. That's uh, you know. That's once
1: was enough, as it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jason, a truck fell on him, and he, he, he walked by. His body
2: like... could only handle it once.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 and it was a big truck, right? It wasn't like a little truck. Know, it
2: was my F-150.
9: It was,
1: yeah, was so... Oh, I thought you meant a fire truck. No, it wasn't the fire oh. truck.
9: Wow. I'm, I'm not that tough, Kelly.
1: Okay. grief. Hey, tell me about kind of like uh, fire department life. I know this is something that, you know, you're passionate about and helping people. Uh, What's life like as a firefighter?
9: So it's, um, it's a lot of fun. It's things we, we get to. So our life, we, we, when I leave for work, Mm -hmm. um, our schedule is probably the only one weirder than y'all's. When I leave for work, (laughs) I'm gone for 24 hours. That's crazy, man. And so the guys that we, that we work with, they become, they become like our extended family. And, we uh we eat meals together um i probably eat more meals with the guys eat more home-cooked meals with the guys at the fire station than i do my own family because it seems like when i'm not at work it's um it's hey we've got gymnastics today hey we've got uh play practice today hey we've got six more things to do um so 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 it's almost like we leave the we leave the two lives where we've got this family that we work with and um and we hang out and we do the things that we have in common. Mm-hmm. And then people call 911 we have to drop what we're doing and <laughs> go help with, with whatever emergency that they have going on in their lives. And we do our best to make that better for those people, whether it be show up because they've, they've got a medical emergency or if they have a fire emergency. Um, so just just try to fix that for for. Those
1: folks. I'm gonna tell you this, and I know you and I have talked about this before, but maybe there's gonna be somebody who hasn't, you know, listened quite as long as you have. And uh, the respect I have for the fire department grew immensely when I went out to um, the training center, and uh, I geared up one day. And this is a long time ago, and I realized, oh my gosh, this gear is really heavy. Uh, you have to be in in a good physical shape just to wear the gear, much less have to, you know, be able to carry the stuff around and all that. Uh, but once I got in there, and they're like, hey, do you want to put out one of these fires? And I put the mask on and the breathing apparatus. Jason, that was such a different level of, of kind of like, um, and this was a controlled setting, but it was a fearful situation, mm. and this is a deal that it was controlled, and I knew what was going to happen. This was a training facility. You guys walk into situations where you don't know what's going to happen, and that's what you do on a regular basis. Uh, the bravery you guys display is incredible.
9: Well, thank you, and it's it in it, a lot of it, Like we, we don't know the situation, It's but well, it, there's, there's a science behind it, and it's it's kind of the the degree that my that my brother has he's at work today, the degree he has actually it's called a fire science degree wow. and so i I guess that's kind of what we you know we don't know the house that we may go into or something like that, but we do have a understanding of what it is that the fire wants to do, mm-hmm. and so we take what we know about how to fight that fire and we just apply it to that situation and and it all started so what you're talking about there being in that controlled scenario. That's how Ethan and I, that's how we started fighting fire, was in those controlled scenarios. Yeah. And we just build upon it from there. And there were – when I was – 17 years ago, when I was new, there were guys that took me in and taught the things. Right. And now I'm in the spot where I'm helping teach our newer folks those
1: things. Well, and um, I, yeah, and so I, I just remember they, they they geared me up and they said, hey, you got to get down. No, you got to get down lower and you got to crawl through this. And the smoke was everywhere. And I'm sitting here going, I I don't want to do this right now, much less for the rest of my life. And, and so many firefighters make that a career because I guess it can be so rewarding when you're helping people, too.
9: Sure. It's the uh, it's, it's in Jonesboro. It's a 28 year career or yeah, I say in Jonesboro. Through most of Arkansas, it's a 28 year career. Different states are different. Most is a 25 to 30 year career, wow. and it's uh, yeah, it's it's something that even uh, even when I hired on the fire department, I didn't know if I was going to do it for 28 years. Right, and just kind of the longer I did it, the more I was like, wow, this is really what I'm supposed to be doing with my life.
1: So you mentioned Ethan Ivy; he's there with you. I was talking to him earlier, and he says he's not really that big of a fan of yours.
2: Okay, Brandon. <laughs>
1: That's because he's a lot
2: skinnier
9: than oh, me. He meant, he meant by his physical size. <laughs> he is remarkably smaller than I am.
2: Ethan, I apologize for e- my co-host. Ethan, what's
1: happening, man? Oh, that's okay. How, how oh, are not you? Not a
9: whole lot. Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, even though I'm sitting here having to put up with Jason, I'm still doing all right. Oh,
1: good dude, God. I am so sorry you okay. have to do that. Hey, no, but you guys... Well, th-
9: we've got to get rid of these two. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> Y'all are going to have your own chill. Uh, the Jonesboro Fire Department is doing Fill the Boot coming up on Friday. This is a, a benefit event, and it's something that's happened forever for MDA. Tell me what's going to be happening on Friday, guys.
9: So, yeah, you said forever. This is this is year 69. Uh wow. It started in. Ethan, what year? I get it wrong every time. 1954 in Boston.
1: Yeah, in yeah, yeah.
9: That's, that's where it first started. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to stand on the street corner. We'll be primarily at Red Wolf and Nettleton. Uh, we'll be there Friday, um, and we'll be there – all day long as long as we can stand out there and what we need from the community is we stand there with this booth and um we we collect the money and then we forward every penny we get we have we forward that straight to the muscular district association right. none of it stays it, it, it's not money for us it's not money for anything fire department related uh so this is a partnership going back with with mda for for 69 years so um and through the course of sixty nine years or through for, through the first sixty eight years of it mm-hmm. we've raised um six hundred and seventy eight million dollars
1: so oh my gosh
9: um yeah a ton of money and m d a is so great at using that money to get it to to get kids to camp and to get um get them, get them wheelchairs and mm-hmm. doing research into these muscle diseases. Um, and MDA, it covers a whole multitude of muscle diseases. Mm-hmm. I would love to sit here and list them all off, but I know I'd miss at least half of them. Sure. The best thing for somebody to do is you can go to mda.org and find out what it is that this organization does.
1: So, again, the firefighters are going to do the Fill the Boot campaign coming up on Friday. The main the main intersection is going to be Red Wolf and Nettleton. Uh, what time do you think you're going to kick that off on Friday, Jason?
9: Probably about 8, 8.30 in the morning. Oh, no. Ethan's new. Ethan's so new. You no, we're going to be out there. We're going to try and be out there by uh, by seven and try and get some and and hopefully have our guys on the street corners by seven thirty okay. so we can catch some of that early morning traffic mm-hmm. um, as as folks go through and and yeah we'll be out there until our legs just won't carry us up and down the streets
2: anymore.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> well, Kelly was saying that she volunteers the work to work the streets if you guys need her. Brandon, to, what, what Baxter? What you know? You've done what? that before, right? You've You're, helped with MDA? You are an absolute idiot. Haven't you helped with MDA before? That's We're what I'm gonna talking about.
2: I'm going to help you go outside. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for it's Friday morning. Uh, these firefighters who we can, we can laugh and joke with these guys, but the truth is, again, as I said, uh, the bravery they display, the fact that they're going out and giving of their time on Friday uh, to raise money and collect money for MDA. I uh, can't say enough about the work that you guys do and the friendships that we've been able to develop and... Uh, Jason Olson and Ethan Ivey join us this morning. Best of luck on Friday, guys.
9: Thank you very much.
1: All right, Jason, it was nice talking to you.
9: Hi, always nice talking
2: to you
1: all. All right, I'm just kidding, Jason.
2: Brandon. (laughs) Brandon.
1: He well, wears me right.
3: out. See you,
1: <laughs> <laughs> This is the K Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Family Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Hey, don't forget the podcast. It's available everywhere you get podcasts. So all you have to do is search Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. And Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight?
2: The Masked Singer is on tonight, the season premiere of Dave, Chapter 22 of The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus. The Flash, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, Riverdale, True Lies, and A Million Little Things.
1: Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Arkansas's Morning Show.